Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and this is our part four in a four-part part series of the Tesla connector or the Nax connector. Before we begin, I would like to thank the following Patreon supporters. Howard, yeah, <laughs> Jessica Kirsch, youtube.com forward slash Jessica Kirsch, Bruce C., Michael Muskie, Rolando Tommaso, Chip, and Chris, thank you all very much for supporting the show. Appreciate it. And I did notice that today we got quite a few uh, followers uh, on the free feed for Patreon. I don't do much on the free feed, but you know what? Um, I'll, I'll think about adding something up there uh, just for you folks. And anybody will have access to it, not just the, the free feed folks. But I'll have to think of something. All right, before we jump in here, I do need to let you know that I did a interview with Arkady Salsanov, and Arkady is the CEO of FreeWire. It was a fantastic interview. Arkady's a heck of a nice person. Now, why am I telling you this? Because you don't get to listen to the interview until Tuesday. Well, if you would like a sneak peek of a condensed version of what I'm calling the Allison cut of that interview... You can go to podfeet.com and listen to the Nocilla cast hosted by Allison Sheridan, produced by Steve Sheridan. So I would highly suggest that you go and do that because, A, you're going to learn a little bit about Fantastical. You're going to learn a little bit on how, on that episode, how blind users are able to add widgets to their MacBooks and iPhones, which was interesting. And then you'll get that interview at the very end. So go to podfeet.com and listen. You get a sneak peek, um, you know, five days before it's officially released on this channel. All right. This is the wrap-up episode. There's some things that I kind of have to tie up from last episode. I mentioned that the Society of Automotive Engineers and Charin um, are organizations that are working on, you know, um, NACs, I don't know, even know what stand, not even standards, like best practices, I guess. Well, there's also another organization called ChargeX. 
So in a press release, we're going back to the Society of Automotive Engineers here. In a press release, the Society Society of Automotive Engineers expressed their commitment to expediting the development of NACs of the NAC standard. And it's reasonable to infer that the SAE's version of NACs will differ from Tesla's interpretation. We already know that this is going to be the case. However, the final standards are not yet determined, and it may be a few months or even longer before they're finalized. So anything that we talk about is, is probably right, but the standards haven't been finalized as of now. So we'll have to wait and see. So I'm telling you this to take everything that you've heard over the last three episodes with a grain of salt. Now that gets us to ChargeX. ChargeX is a consortium, and their goal is to foster collaboration amongst various stakeholders, including the EV charging industry, national laboratories, which they're out of the Idaho National Laboratory, and uh, consumer advocates, and a lot more that I didn't list. Their mission is to significantly enhance the reliability and usability of public charging. Essentially, their goal is to ensure that any electric vehicle can seamlessly charge on any compatible charger while striving for an uptime over 97% to ensure the high reliability of the charging network. By the way, did you know that you have an uptime of 97%? That means your charger is down 11 days out of the year. Not as impressive as it sounds. Almost once a month, your charger can be down and you can still reach that 97% goal. All right, now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into our wrap-up. And I do need to let you know that most of this section is from uh, chargedevs.com. John Folkler did a series of four uh, articles And he spoke with more than a dozen people in the EV industry, from analysts to executives, from car makers to DC fast charger operators. And I think John Volker is, I think I called him Volkler earlier. John Volkler, I think he's a trusted journalist. I found his stuff to be really reliable and dead on. And he goes into quite some depth. So I think this is going to be an interesting wrap up. But the information, most of the information, like I said, is going to be taken from those articles. I'll put those links, as always, in the show notes so that you can read them if you so choose. All right. The last year has been nuts by a lot of different metrics, uh, but we'll stick to EV charging and EVs. In November 2022, Tesla introduced the North America Charging Standard. Remember when I said this is a wrap-up? Stay with me. Uh, it was mostly a dud. No one really uh, was like, clamoring to, to, or at least outwardly clamoring to get access to Tesla's North America Charging Standard, except for Aptera, and they don't really count because they haven't delivered any cars uh, nearly a year after they had adopted the standard. So... Naxstravaganza, which is what I'm calling it now, Naxstravaganza, just in case you were you didn't, you didn't laugh at the joke the first time, it kicked off in May of 2023 when Ford announced that they were going to adopt the Nax standard. And then it just blew up in June and July of 2023 with all these other uh, companies, 54 other companies, saying that they were going to adopt the Nax standard as well. Ford and GM forged these agreements with Tesla for their EVs and you know other companies like Rivian to access the supercharger network. 
and adopt the connector for future EVs. Now, I don't remember if I mentioned this in earlier episodes or not, but the standard's not going to be done until mid-2024, some maybe late 2024. Most automakers won't be switching over to the NAX standard until late 2024 or early 2025. And I assume that's because they want to make sure that the standard is finalized before they put all this money and time and engineering into, um, you know, what could basically change. One recent addition to the NAX uh, adoption roster is the Hyundai Motor Group, which includes Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis. And they said that they will start putting the NAX uh, connector or NAX port on their cars in 2024, which marks growing support for Tesla's NAX connector. Hyundai and Kia, huge, huge for EV cars. All right. So I mentioned that charged EVs, they interviewed more than a dozen people in the EV industry. Almost none of these people wanted to go on record. Ford did respond with some emails about what they're up to, but for the most part, it was v- everything was off record and the stuff that was on record was pretty tame. So, but the stuff that was off record, not so much. Nearly all people who were interviewed were disappointed in Electrify America. The general feeling was that the VW group puts minimal effort and minimal attention on Electrify America. And it shows these sites are down sometimes for long periods of time. And we talked about this in a previous episode where there was a study between J.D. Power and I think the University of California, UC Berkeley. And here's a quote that kind of backs that up. Non-Tesla automakers have had it with Electrify America. Initially, hopes that Electrify America would provide a new large-scale nationwide network of fast charging stations have now curled into a desire to see Electrify America out of the game altogether, with lots of bad blood directed at VW Group as a whole. Now, to be fair, other ChargePoint operators like ChargePoint, EVgo, Shell Recharge, Blink, they have their own set of problems in terms of uptime and, you know, complaints from EV users. But despite this, Electrify America is still seen as less reliable than all of those other companies. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Uh, According to the article, there's just a strong resentment in the industry towards Electrify America. All right, let's not beat up too much on Electrify America and let's shift to Ford. Uh, In terms of charging, Ford has been pretty proactive in enhancing the charging experience for EV buyers. They did set up an agreement for um, Electrify America and and Ford so that uh, uh, there is some plug-and-charge capabilities between the Mach-E. Unfortunately, and I think the the F-150 Lightning now has that ability. Unfortunately, if you pay Electrify America a subscription to have lower charge rates when you're charging. If you use plug-in charge, you don't get to take advantage of that. We learned that a few weeks ago. Um, Ford also went with, you know, kind of strong arming the dealers into installing DC fast chargers and level two chargers. If they wanted to take place, uh, take advantage of that uh, model E, whatever it is, whatever Ford's all electric division is, is escaping me at the moment. 
And then Ford also has these charge angels where customers go out and they test charging site reliability, and then they feed that information back to Ford. But despite all of those efforts on on Ford's part to make sure that their their customers have the best possible charging experience, they went to Tesla so that they could have access to the Tesla supercharger network in sometime, you know, around mid-2024, spring of 2024 is the goal. And there's going to be adapters and cables that will be supplied by Tesla. And then later, the Tesla port will be integrated into future Ford vehicles. Some were shocked by this. Um, and looking back on it, it doesn't seem very shocking at all. But at the time, it was it was big news. And from, you know, a regular Joe Schmo point of view, you know, when Ford and GM partnered with Tesla on the Nax connector, it wasn't public knowledge that Tesla was going to be working with the Society of Auto- Automotive Engineers. So the Nax would be a, a standard separate from Tesla, which I think is a good thing. So yeah, so far, you know, the news is great for Customers of Ford and GM and Rivian and Hyundai and all those other places. I have some bad news for some older Tesla owners. Um, not older in your age, but if you own a older Tesla, there, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there's a little problem. The North America charging standard is Tesla's next generation connector. Uh, and the protocol is slightly different, but is still backwards compatible with older models. So, If you go to a Tesla supercharger, for instance, if you go to a version three supercharger, you are still able to charge, but you can only charge at 150 kilowatts. You can't charge at the full 250. From my understanding, if I am wrong, let me know. But this is what I've read from reputable sources. Uh, If you want to use a NAX connector and you have an older Tesla on one of these new public NAX uh, DC fast chargers. And when I say public, I mean Electrify America, EVgo, Blink, ChargePoint, FreeWire. If you want to use one of those connectors, you won't be able to. And the reason why is because the NAX standard will use a CCS protocol to control charging. And Tesla started building this technology into their cars in 2021. So if you have anything after 2021, you should be fine. Uh, if you have anything before that, uh, there might be there there might be a problem. I'm gonna say might be, because the charging is controlled by a CAN bus and it's incompatible with the CCS protocol. Now I'm gonna put a link in the show notes to this. Kyle Connor from Out of Spec Studios on his podcast, he does a really good job of explaining why this is, and I'll put the link in the show notes. You should go and listen because he's gonna explain it better than me. There is good news, though, or there is hope. I'm not going to call it good news. If you want to charge on public next chargers and you want to get the full benefit from charging on a version three supercharger, if you have one of these older cars for about as best as I can tell for between 450 and 650 dollars, you can replace the power line control module. And that will allow you or should allow you to charge on these public NAX chargers as well as get the full 250 kilowatts from uh, superchargers, version 3 superchargers. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, that was a lot and possibly some bad news for some of you. This there's the standards not uh, not finalized yet. There might be something that will allow you to charge and and just not charge us at a high rate of speed. I don't know. Uh but as it stands, that's that's where we're at. All right, let's 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 move forward with third-party EVs charging on supercharger networks. So let's say in two years, will third-party EVs experience the same pain-free plug-and-charge capabilities that Tesla owners do? Uh, That remains to be seen because superchargers are kind of tuned and Teslas are tuned to work really well together. Um, It it remains to be seen if, if companies are able, other automakers, third-party automakers, are able to replicate that. I'm sure that the Tesla engineers are going to be helping them take care of this. But some engineers that charge EVs talk to, they're cautious about whether or not non-Teslas would charge as fast on superchargers as they do on, let's say, a CCS charger, uh, particularly 800-volt EVs like Porsche, GM, Hyundai, Kia, Lucid, they think that might be a problem, or at least a hiccup, a pain point. Another pain point that was pointed out is that these agreements seem to be made at the CEO level, and the engineers are kind of left out of this decision-making, and some of those engineers have been caught off guard because they don't have detailed information about these agreements, according to Charge DVs. And they they don't know what to expect. 
you know, uh, Jim Farley, CEO of Ford, he talked about using adapters. Adapters are great, but, you know, they add resistance, according to engineers. They add resistance, and that might affect charge rates and safety margins. Safety margins came up a lot in terms, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Automakers aim to ensure minimal impact on, char- on the charging experience. But adapters are a wild card in achieving comparable charge rates. And also, you have to carry around an adapter. And unless Ford gives you one, they're quite expensive. So the safety concerns. Engineers, again, the ones that Charge TVs uh, uh, interviewed, they express concerns regarding Tesla's slim safety margins when it comes to overcharging high temperatures within a charging circuit. So now the Society of Automotive Engineers and a bunch of other players and Tesla, they all have to come to an agreement or some sort of, you know, uh, uh, accord about the adoption of the NAC system because the new NAC system may not align with Tesla's established protocols. So they need to figure that out. And this is something they're working on. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um there's also a need to educate buyers and salespeople on EV charging to ensure safe and effective use of the new charging infrastructure. I honestly do not feel unsafe using Tesla's superchargers. So uh, I think some of this might be sour grapes a little bit, but I don't know. I'm not an engineer, so maybe Tesla is paying fast and loose with safety margins. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they are. So let's see here. Uh the transition to the North America charging standard brings opportunities and challenges with technical safety and validation. Kind of talked about that a little bit. Some of those interviewed are concerned that the collaboration between Tesla and the other automakers is seen as a bold move to unify the EV charging standard, yet the practical integration and standardization aspects remain to be thoroughly addressed. Well, that's what the Society of Automotive Engineers is doing. Um, I don't, I don't, I think they'll, they'll figure it out. They're all very smart. So what's going to happen to CCS1 and G1772? Is it just going to die out? It'll probably decline, especially as more automakers adopt the next standard. U.S. automakers believe that providing adapters for their future next equipped vehicles will solve compatibility issues. So Basically, they're taking Apple's approach and giving you a dongle for every situation. If you have an older F-150 Lightning, you'll get a dongle to can you know charge on the supercharger network or on a NAX public charger. If you have a newer F-150 Lightning, you'll get a dongle for the CCS1 to NAX uh, adapter. Uh, dongles all around. The dongle makers or the adapters, those makers are just going to make a ton of money And uh, that's how we're going to have to live our life for a while, at least during the transition period. But the CCS standard may continue because there are markets like Europe, which uses CCS2, South Korea uses CCS1. You know, uh, it's it's unknown whether those markets are going to adopt a charging standard that's named after a continent that they're not on. I don't know. We'll have to see. Automakers seem to like it, or at least GM and Ford. GM has publicly committed to using NAX connectors for future EVs. And Ford, they remain a little bit more ambiguous, but you know they're definitely starting the transition to NAX in 2025. There's hope 
among some EV advocates that uh, automakers, some, not all, would offer both CCS and NACS connectors to eliminate the need for adapters. However, uh, that adds costs and take up takes up space. And when we listen to Arcady's interview, you're going to kind of hear why adding a connector that isn't widely used, let's say the CCS declines for some reason, adding a connector to your charging station that isn't going to get utilization isn't a good business decision. So I think the market's going to end up making the decision on this um, ultimately. Now, what about bi-directional charging? Well, we've already talked about the NAX connector is capable of bi-directional charging, but we don't know how interested Tesla is in, in, uh, in making that a reality. However, you know, uh, it, it the Nax connector is now in the Society of Automotive Engineers. It's in their hands. So if Tesla doesn't want to do it, they don't have to. But Hyundai has uh, vehicle to load uh, uh, capabilities, bidirectional, and Hyundai could do it if they want to. It's they there's going to be a standard. There's going to be a roadmap on how to do it. Uh, it's interesting. California is considering a bill that would require all EVs sold in the state. So basically all EVs sold in the U.S. anyway, should support bidirectional charging by 2027. I do think that Tesla is close to releasing a vehicle to home or vehicle to load uh, capabilities, whether that's built in cars that are on the road today or not. I don't know. But I do think that's something that they are they are close to releasing close being within the next three years. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. The transition to the North America charging standard by some automakers presents challenges and opportunities in this ever-evolving EV uh, landscape, EV charging landscape that we find ourselves in. Remember, we're still in the infancy of EVs. I was on a call the other day about EV infrastructure and the city of Phoenix um, charge EV. Oh, I can't remember her title. Anyway, her name, name is Karen Apple. She was talking and she had mentioned that in Phoenix, there are something like 17,000 pure EVs registered in Phoenix. Like Phoenix is the fifth largest city in America. And we only have like 17,000 EVs registered in that city. Now, the city of Phoenix and Glendale and Avondale and, and, and Scottsdale and Tempe and Gilbert and Chandler and all these other cities, we all kind of grew together. So we have a big metropolitan area that's even bigger than that. But the city of Phoenix is the largest city out of all those. And there's only something like 17,000. And I'm now that I'm thinking about it, the number might be a little bit higher than that, but we'll still say less than 30. It's a small number. Um, so we we're we're in our infancy. We're getting ready to walk. You know the EV standards getting ready to walk. It's standing up and it's holding on to the couch or the coffee table. But it's not quite there yet. There's going to be so many changes in the next 10 years. As this technology, as this sector matures, there's going to be so many changes. Just think of, you know, Vehicle to load vehicle, you know, bi-directional charging, that's going to be huge 
in the transition to EVs. As we have more climate events, whether you believe in climate change or not, you can't deny that we're having climate events. Um, you know, if your power is out, being able to run your refrigerator is kind of a big deal to you and your family. Being able to, to activate your microwave so that you can heat up a hot pocket is kind of a big deal. Um, and vehicle to load or vehicle to home or vehicle to grid or whatever, that all makes a difference. And it may only happen once in the entire time you own the vehicle, but that one time you needed it and you really needed it, that's when your vehicle in your mind is going to be worth every penny you spent because it got you out of a jam. All right, let's leave it here. Thank you all so much for listening to this series. Thank you all for giving me some time to spend with my family, to work on some side projects, and to just kind of take a breath and spend time just doing nothing. Although I didn't spend a lot of time doing nothing. I was really busy these last couple of weeks, and I'll be busy all next week as well. But all good things, all good things. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.